right, we are live for a Thursday edition of the Hangout. It's been uh, too long, and so we better better safe than sorry and get it done to this week rather than hold off another week. So excited to connect with you fellas. How, what's up with you guys, man? How's everything going in your world? Fantastic. It's great. That's good, great, man. Great, That's great, good. Great. So, so yeah, so we had a, a interesting week, interesting past couple of weeks, lots of things to touch on. We got a couple of subjects here, so as always, want to definitely – Make sure you include the viewers who are checking in. So feel free to throw out any subjects or topics that's on your radar. And as we move along, we'll try to get into some of the uh, topics as well. But uh, I guess let's start off with the, okay, we got, uh, let me see where I want to start at. We got the World Economic Forum situation. We got the Trump situation. We got whatever. And so we can just bring that stuff up here, man, and uh, go from there. So here's the first little article here. So we got <laughs> the World Economic Forum's meeting. Uh, at the end of this month. And so, Tom, you brought this to our attention. Give us a rundown on, on this. We can share our two cents on it. Yeah, basically. So like I was saying in our Twitter DM, um, it seems if you scroll down some, it, it gives yeah. you the people who are there and it gives you like the basic gist of it. Um, it's a lot of African leaders. Yeah, you see African leaders and it's in China. Mm-hmm. And that is it kind of flies in the face of this whole. Okay. It seems to me that the WEF is very much um, joining the same narrative that BRICS is, or at least people who, the the, the narrative that people ascribe to BRICS, like BRICS is like this anti-globalist force, and it's going to bring equality amongst currencies and nations and this and that. Um, They're talking about that kind of stuff here, trading local currencies. At the same time, also, I forgot to put the article in. the St. Petersburg Economic Forum is going on right now in mm-hmm. Moscow, I guess, or St. Petersburg, uh, Russia, and they're talking yeah. about the same exact things. And why I thought this was interesting is because if you guys remember back right before the conflict started off, uh, kicked off in Ukraine in February of last year, uh, or right before and right after, the WEF, Santa Claus, Bill Gates, who uh, I think Kissinger, all those those clowns, um, they they went out of their way to condemn Xi, Putin, of course, Orange Man, Trump. Um, you know, they they were they were persona non grata, mm-hmm. and then you got this this narrative coming out, especially amongst like the geopolitical people online, like, oh, Putin's a globalist stomping hero, and Xi's a nationalist, and he's looking out for his people. And then now the WEF is doing like summer Davos or whatever the hell they're calling it in China. That doesn't yeah. happen. Like the, you don't just get to, as this big organization calls you a monster and then walk back into China and set up shop. So it seems to me very fishy, very weird. And if you guys remember, I think we even talked about this at the beginning of the conflict, right when we first started the show, we were talking about alien psyops and we were talking about how this Ukraine thing could be the perfect excuse and the perfect way to bring in CBDCs, bring in global control, bring in a one world system. But then I, I kind of went out of my head because of the fact that they said Xi's a monster, Putin's a monster. But now they're back in Beijing. So it seems to me like this could have been a huge head fake the whole time. Yeah. So just pulling up those two pages there, the fact that they're meeting, bringing everybody into the country, talking about the economy, talking about the world shift and everything like that. It doesn't surprise me one bit that China, Russia, the World Economic Forum, they're still moving in the same uh, they're still moving in the same direction as far as how they're trying to structure their political systems and monetary systems and things like that. And so I just like I mentioned before, like the fact that all the stuff they throw our way. 
had, would have us to believe that it's East versus West, but in actuality, they all probably working together behind the scenes to accomplish yeah. their ultimate goal, which is to set up that one world government type of system. So it wouldn't surprise me one bit, but interesting to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I think this is uh this is absolute proof that because uh, I'm sure you guys both know this. I didn't mean to step on you, Andre, but um, I'm sure you guys have both seen like Putin on the young global leaders for the WEF along with like Tulsi Gabbard. And there's always that excuse. Well, like, oh, well, just because they put them on like they didn't choose to be put on. Well, it's seeming more and more like this whole young global leader thing. The people who are on that list have a lot more involvement with the WEF than they're right. letting on. Right. You got to meet some type of criteria, I'm sure, to be on that list. Something that shows promise to what they're trying to accomplish. So if you're in alignment with what they want to accomplish, then, you know, you'll make that list. Yeah, I'm not surprised I didn't invite. Go ahead. Go ahead. So <laughs> just saying, I'm not surprised I didn't get the invite. <laughs> to the list? <laughs> I was about to ask, is Dre, you on that list? <laughs> Oh man. So here's the question. Like if you guys got an invite to attend one of them Davos meetings and you're like, you know, gonna be a special attendee, get all that backdoor access passes and stuff like that, would you guys go? I would. Would I you would go on to, to like break a break a news story or are you gonna go just to, to mingle and to just you know just to listen and learn rather than just try to you know catch somebody slipping and try to report something live and low-key disappear and don't come back? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I would definitely go uh, and check things out and hope to make it home. But mm -hmm. that's where that's where everything is happening right now. So wh why not? You know, I, I would mm -hmm. definitely go. Yeah, I'm sure there's two type of meetings. You got the one that the public is allowed to attend with the cameras and stuff like that. Then you got the closed yep. door meetings behind up in yep. the mountains somewhere where only the, the special people get invited for all those type of weird parties and all types of sacrifice sacrificial things they be doing so yeah the, the crazy stuff on the back end <laughs> yeah i was just about to say this the after party with the dark robes and the goats and the the, the bloodletting and all that other crazy crap yeah i would, I would uh, go i mean like hey man i i'm not gonna sell my soul or anything in some weird like devil ritual but i would definitely go and hey man maybe maybe someone will pay us two billion dollars to do the hangout I'm cool with Can't, that. Right? Hey, Can't say I put my foot out in trip claws. <laughs> you trip claws, you ain't coming home. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is funny, man. So I guess, long story short, something to take away from just uh, the meetings taking place is the fact that everything is strategically planned. Like these people, this is just not some type of circus, some type of mishaps is happening right now with all this stuff going on. These cats are literally trying to orchestrate a plan. And the fact they're meeting, discussing these things, and they're inviting each other, except that you know some of the G seven nations. So we'll, we'll see how it all plays out, man. But definitely uh, entertaining to say the least. Uh, what else you got? To see you if got? any of the CCP themselves make any statements. That that should be something to watch for. I think it's coming up in a couple of days now. It's like the sixteenth mm -hmm. and seventeenth. I'd be curious if any pe uh, cabinet members of the CCP make any kind of appearance. Yeah, here's a uh, so I, I guess let's let's jump on that uh, Trump situation because I, I might, I've been completely unplugged from political news, so other than just hearing about things, I haven't dived deep. But this article, this article you sent Tom, uh, talks about uh, the 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 secret DC Uniparty summit to stop uh, stop Donald Trump, 
And so no doubt there's a conspiracy going on, but you mentioned something about trying to get him to bow out of uh, the for presidential election for next term or something like that or what? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm, I know Andre has been unplugged. You've been unplugged. You just said, it, but I don't know if you guys have saw this, but Rachel, Rachel Maddow, like said the quiet part out loud. She's like, well, could it be possible that the justice department just offers him no charges in return for him dropping out of the race and whatever guy she was on with was like, whoa, 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 whoa. we can't say that out loud. So it's, that's <laughs> definitely, definitely the game plan. Like that's what they want. And like we were talking in the DM, I think that's one of the big reasons they're not doing mugshots on these things is because that would be forever. You like mm-hmm. in 50 years from now, when they're writing history books, Donald Trump would be looked back on as some sort of criminal or wrongdoer, just like people like exaggerate the, uh, what Nixon really did. You know what I mean? Like it would be a stain as long as they don't have that mugshot, there's still room for them to think that they can negotiate Trump out of the race. Cause that's all that matters to them. They don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I would think they would prefer not to lock him up. It's just like either drop out or go to jail. So well, I, when he, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, actually yesterday about Trump and his prosecution, the parade of prosecutions that going on with him. And he was like, you know what? Kennedy caused problems and all of a sudden Kennedy wasn't around no more. And I was like, well, I don't think you want to do that with him because you turn him into a martyr and you would instantly lose everyone who voted for Trump. And then you would turn half of the people who slept their way to voting in for the Democrats against you too. So I don't think that's an option. So their main option, or at least the path they're taking is to try and discredit him. They tried that during this presidency. That didn't really work. So now they're trying to discredit him and put him in jail, basically to keep him from running. And that's, I don't think it's a secret. It's only a secret if you're not paying attention. Right, because everything he's being charged with is like dumb compared mm-hmm. to what Joe Biden is is doing and has done and all this evidence against him and nobody's paying attention to that. But you know, Trump leaves a sheet of paper somewhere. Oh, that's littering. That's his class D felony. Let's throw him in jail, <laughs> lock him up. Classified. It's, it's like it's so obvious if you're paying attention. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. Is he's really going to make both parties look bad because uh, the other guy who's running as a Republican is a Vivek Ronsami, I believe his name is, the Indian guy. He was like, if I'm elected president, I'm pardoning Trump day one. And if you're running as a Republican, I ask you to do the same. And if you won't, please explain why you won't. So he put the whole Republican Party on blast because it's totally obvious this is a political assassination by your opponent. So if you are Nikki Haley, if you are Tim Scott, who I really like, because uh, he just makes sense when he talks, DeSantis, if you can't come out and say, look, this is obviously political. And if a Democrat, you know, a blues if you go to court, if Trump go, is tried in New York City in an mm-hmm. all blue, you know, with all blue jury, he's likely to get convicted. So mm-hmm. it's not a fair trial. But 
The remedy to that is presidential pardons. And if you become elected as a Republican, knowing that one of your Republicans was basically politically assassinated, what's your remedy? And if you can't come out and say, I'll pardon Trump, is the way I would vote for that person. So it looks like Mike Pence is uh, not necessarily saying that he would. <laughs> so it says, previous to February radio host goes Pence for not saying he pardoned Trump. So the fact that Pence is in the race is like, dude, like you you went out like a sucker. You know what I'm saying? Like the fact that you think people going to actually jump on your bandwagon. Come on now. Like to me, like how his whole relationship with Trump ended on that January 6th stand where Trump was swearing up and down and he was going to, you know, actually do something for him. Complete opposite, man. So I wouldn't mess with this guy one bit. I just something about him just smells fishy to me, but and I'm not too surprised to say the least. So, what do you guys yeah, think about this? It, it's Mike Pence is oh my god, I, I have words for him that I, I just deeply dislike that man for just a multitude of reasons. But all of these freaking these these other also ran type people that are in the race, I did a video on this. They all have a purpose, each and every one of them. Like, you got Larry Elder, right. Black vote, okay, and California. California's a big state. He he's got a good name recognition there. He can peel a lot of lot of support away from Trump. Tim Scott, okay, South Carolina. South Carolina is an important state. It's an early primary state. Again, black vote. South Carolina, the black vote's very important. Peel a lot of support away from Trump there. Nikki Haley again, South Carolina. The woman vote. Mike mm-hmm. Pence, even though he's a scumbag, he does kind of get that evangelical vote. Ron DeSantis is like the the like the Dave Rubin types and these people who are like, oh, uh, I was a liberal and then I voted for Trump. But now I hate Trump and I'm a DeSantis. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. But I'm actually still some sort of leftist communist. And it's it, all of these these characters in the race, outside of Vivek. Vivek, I think, is a genuine candidate. I really like him. Oh, and Chris Christie. He's there just to to say the most absurd, bombastic stuff and insult Trump in ways that the other candidates won't and won't have, don't want to and won't have to with Chris Christie there. Like they all have a part to play. And it's it's just super obvious. Charlie Kirk, he put out a tweet when this whole DC indictment happened. And I think it was the best take on this. Who wants to be the guy in the Republican primary who only wins the primary and possibly the presidency because the only guy who could have beat you got put in jail. All of these Republicans right now, okay, if they truly care about this country and not just their own political agenda, they should all drop out and and, and endorse Trump, all of them, because it, it's not a fair race anymore. It's not fair anymore. It's just not. Watch this. So here's a comment here. It says, we need Donald Trump. And so... How how true is this in your opinion, or or, or false? Like, do, is it is it Trump or nothing else, or or what? Unfortunately, unfortunately, there's that statement is like ninety percent true. Mm-hmm. What we need is what Trump stands for. We don't necessarily need the man Trump because I think Vivek is standing for the exact same thing, and 
his path to the presidency will be similar to Trump in that he won't, he shouldn't be beholden to donors. All these other candidates, even Tim Scott, Larry Elder, uh, Nikki Haley, they're not self-funded. Amen. And I, I, I really like Larry Elder. And, and trust me, Tom, ain't no black people in, in, in Oakland voting for him. <laughs> so like he's white, black face of white supremacy. Oh yeah, so like, I remember that. You're not get. He's not. He's going to get all the white votes. He'll pull some, uh, you know, uh, liberal white women who recently got mugged, right, out of that, <laughs> out of that uh, voting block. But yeah, the the he's not pulling away people from the Democrats. I mean, from uh trump mm -hmm. if you are a black person in urban america it's my opinion you would vote the reason you would not vote democrat you see the light and therefore the light shows you to vote for trump not mm -hmm. because he's it, it's because of what he stands for not because well he's not black but you would because of what he stands <laughs> for is it, colorblind it, does, it doesn't matter what color you are and Trump will have a better chance of getting these policies through than Larry Elder would. Now, Larry Elder as a VP, that's all day for me. That's all day. He would literally destroy uh, the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party would have no defense for him. All these stupid organizations that are ripping off Black America, he would go in there and just dismantle all of them. So uh, Trump uh larry elder ticket would be hilarious but uh and i don't think it'll ever happen but yeah i would i would be down with that here's another here's another little headline because as i mentioned i haven't been following much but uh vivek i'm not sure who anything about him but it says vivek ramsway says he wouldn't seek to charge biden if elected president <laughs> so is this him just you know saying something nice politically politically correct not to ruffle any feathers that would, you know, put it, put a hit out on his back <laughs> too soon to where, or he's legitimate to where like once he's, if he was become president, he'll be, he'll be then allowed into the boys and girls club to where he would have to then go back on some of the things he promises and actually toe the lines similar to how Trump was saying, you know, Hillary Crooked, Hillary Clinton, she deserves to go to jail. And all of a sudden, oh, Hillary, she's such a respectable young, you know, all that crap. So is this just political theater at the end of the day, in your opinion? See, I think with I agree with uh, Andre on Vivek. He does not need this. This is, if anything, an inconvenience to him. The guy's got money, the same way Trump mm -hmm. does. All of these other people, they're beholden to donors, and this is a political. This is this is a step up in life. Mm -hmm. Vivek and Trump don't need that. And then, as far as the policies of Trump, if you notice, outside of like the neocons like Nikki Haley, all of these people are running on Trump's policies. You, every single Republican candidate has the same exact platform with very little difference. Um, now, real quick, real quick, sorry to cut you off. What are some of the what are some of the key staple point policies that they're talking about? Because I know Trump make America great again and deep state talk, but but what actually are they running on that can actually be get done in a short amount well, of time? Well, the the main thing with Trump is he had this executive order in place right before the January 6th thing happened called schedule F. It's an executive order that gives him unilateral power to fire anybody he wants in the executive branch in the federal mm -hmm. government. And that's one of his big campaign things. And I think mm -hmm. that's probably the most important thing. Like 
if it has not become abundantly clear to everybody in this country at this point, our federal government has run amok. And until we get ourselves secure and taken care of, everything else is secondary or tertiary. But also Trump does have a good track record. Like all the things he promised in his first campaign, he did to the best of his ability with a Republican House and Senate, with like putting a ball and chain around his ankle the entire time. He still got a lot of that border wall built. It's all paid for. Biden shut it down, even though it's all paid for. And most of the parts are laying out in the desert. You know what I mean? Like he did start to bring back jobs from China and overseas. I remember Mm -hmm. very clearly Ford and this company, this company, we're going to build a plant. We're going to build a plant. And then as soon as Biden gets in, those plants all got canceled. All of them. Taxes went down. I can say this as a business owner at the time and as a W-2 worker at the time, my taxes went down dramatically under Donald Trump. All of these things are proven. He's running on a lot of the same things again. But this time, he's been aggrieved. He has a vendetta. And that's at this point what we need. Because this whole this whole bipartisanship, this whole idea that uh, people need to get, come to Washington and get things done. No, no, no. This, that's exactly how we get screwed every time. Every time something is bipartisan, it is at the expense of the people. So I think that the easiest way to sum this up is the 2016 uh, campaign for Trump. It's the same platform. It's the same exact platform, but with, with the knowledge and ability to say, okay, I'm not getting screwed around again. I know who screwed me last time. And one before Andre, uh, Andre steps in, I just want to make one thing that people often make criticism or two, two things people often criticize Trump for. One, not firing Fauci. You have to remember, we're in the middle of what everybody thought was this deadly, everybody's going to die thing. So why are you going to fire the only guy who you think knows anything? So you're just going to leave yourself completely in the wind without any sort of advice, be it bad advice, but everybody, including DeSantis, praised Fauci. Looking back, it's easy to say that was a bad idea. Secondly, everybody gives Donald Trump a hard time for not draining the swamp. I argue he did drain the swamp. He just didn't get all the alligators and the snakes out. But now, just like Jimmy uh, Warren Buffett said, when the tide goes out, you can see who's swimming naked. The swamp has gone out, and we know who these people are now. We did not know who they were before, but now we do. Mm. I totally so, agree with that. Go ahead. Go ahead. And, I was going to say, so swamp-wise, swamp-wise, is, is, is it just the Democratic, the radical left? I mean, is, is it, when water was drained, did it, it expose a lot of the radical left because they literally pushed back on everything he did and un, tried to undo everything? So that exposing some of that those swamp creatures or what because it, it goes a lot deeper than that but is that some of the people you're referring to as far as who got exposed well I, i'll piggyback off that um yeah it's both parties but the main party the main opposition obviously were the democrats they were just playing their part uh but the republicans are in that swamp as well and it's not just the politicians it's the the state the administrative state that's there mm-hmm. People have been in positions of power for 30, 40 years. And these, they're like Trump. The reason why Trump is going through what he's going through, it could be Trump. You can swap Trump with Larry Elder. If they have the same agenda, they're going to dig up whatever they can to get rid of that person because that person is for the American people Mm -hmm. and the Republic. So Trump's idea of America is a constitutional republic. 
the Democrats and a lot of Republicans and the, the state see it as a multicultural democracy, mm-hmm. right? So it's just two totally different visions. And one of those visions aligns with globalism. And that's the multicultural democracy thing. And yeah. if Trump gets in there, like he did when he first got in there, he starts dismantling or taking us out of all these global connections like the Paris Accord, where he got us out of that. And out of all the signature signatories to that agreement, we were the ones who met our goals uh, to decrease uh, greenhouse gases or whatever. Everybody else did. So there's all these entanglements that the global elites want need America to be involved in. Without America, their plan doesn't work. So Trump is the only person, maybe Vivek, uh, at the moment, is a person who can at least articulate this problem. And I know Trump can get the problem solved because he was doing it before. Now, Vivek, he's new, new to politics. I don't know if he can get it done. But with Trump, schedule F, get rid of everybody, take us out of all these stupid agreements, uh, energy independence. Hey, I'm out in California, man. Gas is still $5 and something cent. When Trump mm-hmm. was in office, it got down here like to $3 or something. Everywhere else, it was like a dollar. It went down to, what, 180 or something like that. Our, our schools are in shambles. San Francisco is, excuse my language, a shithole. Like, it, it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's, we're going to talk about this later because I was gone for two weeks in Europe. And... Yeah. People are like literally talking shit about America. This is like they weren't like to the point where we had to throw blows or nothing. Like that. But I was surprised, <laughs> like, we've taken a step back in the eyes of the world, man. And I'm it wasn't like that a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Now, now, just so just so as you guys are talking, more thoughts are coming to mind. So so far, we're not on script with none of the articles, <laughs> just because new things come to mind. Because you know, you're talking about you know over in Europe and how people look at us in a different light. Whereas in 20, 20, 10, 15, 20 years ago, I remember when I lived overseas a lot, they wanted to be like us. Now, yeah. how, how do you think? How do you think they're feeling about us now? <laughs> when like this, this, this is uh, <laughs> what the supposed White House is looking like during that whole pride situation. <laughs> hey, Does this make you proud to be an American? <laughs> hey man, it, it's gotten so crazy. Uh, so I was in, I flew out. My last stop was in Rome, and I'm going mm-hmm. to try and see the Coliseum. And I got stuck. <laughs> They literally, like to get to the Coliseum, you, they were funneling you. Well, it was a lot of people like seem to be funneling down this one street. So, yeah. you know, me and my girl, we just walking down the street together. And I'm like, all right, well, it's a lot of music and stuff going on here. There's some people on the loudspeaker talking. I'm like, oh, it's a special event. But hey, Coliseum, I can see it. I'm just going to keep going. And uh-huh. the closer I get to the Coliseum, the denser the crowd got. The less clothes people were wearing, uh, men start holding hands, women holding hands. I'm like, wait, what? I'm in the, I'm marching in a pride parade. Now, I'm literally marching in a pride parade in Rome. And I was like, hey, I got my girl, you been, you, no, you stand right next to me because if just my luck, CNN is in the corner somewhere, 
you go you go off somewhere and everybody see me marching in a pride parade in Rome by myself. <laughs> but the thing was, what I got out of that was the media lie, right? Mm-hmm. For the left. It's packed, man. I mean, it was packed. I nobody, nobody was giving them problems. Nobody was jeering them or you know, cussing them out. You ain't seen no signs uh with homos, uh homos, homophobic slurs or nothing. Mm-hmm. One thing I didn't see was like little children either. So the image that, you know, everybody's against homosexuality that you see in the media, again, is just not true. Mm-hmm. I think most mm-hmm. people, I don't know how we got on this subject, sorry, but most people- Just talking about more, Europe, talking about how Europe, how Europe used to, they used to want to be like us, now they turn their head down yeah. towards us. Yeah, and I just went off on the tangent to the left. But- <laughs> It's all good. To be more on point, another story, about me. Sorry to make this all about me, y'all. But Uh I was in Europe. I'm not the biggest guy. I'm not small Mm -hmm. by no means. I'm not small. But Mm -hmm. I'm not obese. I'm not nowhere near being so fat I'm going to be on some TV show about my 600-pound life. But I'm not skinny. I'm fat either. I mean, I'm... All right. I'm... You eat good. I feel like that. I eat good. I eat good. I don't want to misrepresent myself and have people looking for a 500-pound dude. No. Uh-huh. But when I was in Europe, dude, I was the biggest person everywhere I went. Mm-hmm. Like, for the most part. And I'm saying I'm not I'm not fat. I'm like 5'9", 240. So, and mm-hmm. I'm, I got muscle behind me, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm definitely not skinny, but I'm nowhere. No one pays attention to me in America. There's nowhere I can go in America where people are like, damn, look at him. But everywhere <laughs> I went, I was like the biggest person there, man. I was like, what the hell are we eating in America where everybody is looks like everybody in America looked like in the 70s and 80s, yeah. Slim, Trim. And you could spot the Americans in a crowd because yeah. they were all either fat and obese, like very fat, like taking up two seats in the airplane type fat, uh, <laughs> waddling around in sandals and socks. Like you could you could spot the Americans, or if they were in shape, you, they just left the gym. You could tell mm-hmm. like women with with uh, biceps as big as mine, six packs. Like it was either or. Either you just left the gym, or you just left Golden Corral's buffet. <laughs> And you can you can point out the Americans. That made me like, what is going on, man? So, actually, when I was in Italy, uh, in Tuscany at this winery thing, the dude was like repulsed at American food. Mm-hmm. He was repulsed. He was like, you know, Italy won't allow us to eat your food. It's like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, won't allow us to? Like, what is that? What are you saying, dude? Yeah, like pork. A lot of the bread, uh, some dairy, yeah, uh, packaged meat, uh, sliced meat, uh, ce- cereals like Fruit Loop, Gatorades uh-huh. illegal. Uh, it, it was Gatorades it was, illegal. That bothered me. That bothered me. So I came back home and started to research this stuff, and I was like, "Man, this, this is illegal. Skittles is literally illegal, but in America they're advertising." 
to your kids. Yeah. And I thought the gliosulfate thing was bad. Uh-huh. Whereas that's illegal too. Like that's totally illegal, totally banned uh, over there. And you can see the results, man. Everybody just looks healthy. See, but healthy. I, I, I get what you're saying. I definitely do. And I, 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 I agree. They have better, probably have better quality food, but at the same time, it's, it's a hard circle to square. Cause it's like, how much do you want? people getting involved with like what you like skittles being illegal but at the same time it's not like we don't have regulations and crap over here they're just apparently not very good ones so i guess it's just it's like a how much do you want the government to be involved skittles are illegal because they're (laughs) detrimental to your health not because they're (laughs) (laughs) pork is illegal because it's detrimental to your health that, yeah, I mean, this is what I'm like when, when I lived in Japan, one one realization I came away with: okay, Japan, they won't allow you to eat bad food. Like it's very, very hard to find a restaurant that serves like, ooh, this was nasty, right? But in America, you can find some bad food, right? I'm not talking about unhealthy food. I'm saying bad food, and I'm being kind of hyperbolic by saying every restaurant in Japan serves great food, and that, that's close to the truth. Uh, but in America, you can find some crappy restaurants that sell, you know, just some crap Sketchy. for cheap. But I never thought that America would allow dangerous food to be in its food supply. And that's what's happening. It's dangerous. That's why mm-hmm. these countries will not allow their citizens access to it. But in America, they're advertising for us to buy this stuff. And after that advertisement, you get a pharmaceutical company to advertise the remedy to the problem that that food that you just consumed, like Gatorade, uh, Fruit Loops, is causing. That's that's horrible. And things like that are more likely to be addressed by Trump than any Democrat. Right, right. And this is this that's is a topic that wouldn't even t- it wouldn't even be touched on by anybody other than yeah. someone like Trump, who actually appears or shows that he cares about what happens in this country. And and speaking of which, uh, there's more uh, about, you know, U.S. corn, GMO. And so Russia has, they don't allow no GMO type products, at least what we're told. But then again, apparently Mexico is pushing back on having the U.S., you know, grow GMO corn within the country. So we'll see how this plays out. But once again, the U.S. and Bill Gates and his people and all the institutions he's funding, they're trying to push this GMO stuff down our throat solely and of course it has a lot to do with the the participation in that stuff and what it does to your, your genetic system and dna and all that stuff like that man they're literally trying to kill us in, in multiple ways so uh, the they're not going to stop the gmo things we might even... be able to sorry. sorry we might be able to swing this into that uh tim pool topic the gmo like people being against gmo genetically modified or organisms or whatever that in itself is not necessarily unhealthy. Like mm-hmm. every corn, like all bananas, like bananas didn't used to look like that. Corn didn't used to look like that. So they've all been genetically modified either naturally or through mankind. The problem with corn, like where all these countries will not accept corn from the United States, is not because mm-hmm. it's genetically modified. It's because of the pesticides that must be used on the corn because mm-hmm. it's genetically modified. 
Well, so that's what I was about to say. Article that says, "Oh, they're against genetic GMOs," but that's a half truth. The GMO by itself isn't necessarily bad. It's the fact that you must use a certain pesticide that's detrimental to your health in order to grow that corn. Grow that stuff. Yeah. And and that's what I was about to say, actually. Like the, the GMO thing, like in and of itself, is also more complicated. Me being from New Jersey and Rutgers, and Rutgers has a food lab. I think they were the first, one of the first or the first in the country to start doing this GMO stuff. And one of the 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 crazy parts of this is if you buy a gmo seed from monsanto and it cross pollinates with the farmer next door with their corn and then the next year they take those seeds and plant them monsanto is going to come in and take the farm they're going to sue them for not paying for the corn that monsanto owns the copyright to and that's a big problem too and it's it's one of those things you can't control you can't control what bees do you can't control what the wind does so mm-hmm. when the and and add on top of that the must have fertilizers the must have pesticides and you get into this whole like proprietary food thing that is almost like with these huge corporations that are almost above nations you get that into a into an area like France and it starts going everywhere and Monsanto is going to come in and take every farm in the country for violating their pro- intellectual yeah. property rights or whatever would it be good is if we got a if we got a real president into office if it was possible just put if it was possible to go and undo and look at some of these companies and their monopoly on everything food water energy i mean like just just the fact that all all power has been concentrated to the hands of a few is something that should be dealt with but of course it's, it's impossible in his life in my opinion just because you wouldn't make this see the light of day if you had a thought in your mind and then nevertheless express it out on a, on on a mic somewhere saying that you're going to investigate or you know you're going to you're going to ban Monsanto in the USA or come on now like you know it's just I, I wish we could do a lot I wish that it was possible to do a lot more than what we all would probably actually get from any of these candidates but I'll take anything bit by bit I guess so yeah um, anyway what else you got we're gonna talk about some other subjects as well um, we gonna get, get to the geopolitical stuff or what which I want to touch on. Either one. That temple, that temple. Uh, 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 I wasn't able to download that video. Ah. Ah. What, so what it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to download Instagram, huh? Yeah, it, it, it is the perfect, man, it's the perfect clip of what's wrong with the media. I, I can summarize it. Basically, you had a news article that mm. said something Oh, uh, it was about Target story. It, it was saying that right wing, forgive me if I get this wrong, but it was saying um, right wing, right wing people yeah. were uh, threatening Target. About with the bomb threat, with the bomb threat. It threatened with the bomb threat over the fact that they removed the uh, the, the clothing or something like that, and I wasn't right. that wasn't a, that, that wasn't the case. And that was the headline, right? Yeah. So if you read the headline, that's what you go away with. But buried in the actual article, not the headline, but the article about 75% down is the truth that it was actually the left wing by Antifa types who were doing the bomb threatening. So Mm -hmm. why would you 
blatantly there's no excuse for that there's there's no incompetence there's no oops it was a spelling error it's a blatant lie to project a certain narrative to Mm -hmm. create or reinforce a certain narrative and i think that is america's biggest if you want to say enemy to the people is definitely the media and it's not just in america because if any of you guys have access to NHK, which is Nippon, anyway, Japanese uh, news, mm-hmm. it's English. It's in English, so you don't have to learn another language. But the format is the same. They present uh, political information the exact same way they present it here with a negative stint toward conservative values. And this is in a an Eastern country on the other side of the planet with the, doing the exact same thing. So you can see how it's all global and Trump is the only person, maybe Vivek, who, who recognizes this and wants to take us, the American people, out of it. Because if, if he doesn't, we're not, in my opinion, I'll live long enough for us not to have a United States of America. We have some yeah. United Socialist States of world of the world or something we are the world what <laughs> <laughs> i said no anthem. I'm here Speak, anthem. speaking yeah. of uh section 230 i remember when this whole subject matter was brought up when trump was in office an attack he received on having all his accounts basically taken offline and so here's this article that came to mind as you guys were talking about the section 230 and so it looks like there's bipartisan agreement on the fact that controlling AI companies is something that they should do as far as proposing a bill to eliminate Section 230 to protect AI companies. So they'll come together to protect AI from manipulating people and stuff like that. But then again, when it, it was on on Trump and when his accounts got stolen, they weren't so cool about this Section 230. So ain't that interesting how it's a t- turn of the tide a little bit? Yeah, and I, I agree when uh, Andre says that the media is the enemy of the people. And that's going to be one of, again, like I'm not trying to be like this Trump fan club thing, but if we're just talking about the facts, like one of the lasting legacies Trump will have, and I always say this, is that he brought to light the corruption and just the illusion so many people were living in that somehow the media was fair and balanced. Wherein, if you really think about it, read old articles. There, there were Nazi sympathizers at the, in the New York Times. They defended the Holodomor, pretended it didn't happen. This isn't new. The New York Times, and the Washington Post, and the mainstream legacy media have been lying and covering up for progressive and communist agendas for decades, decades and decades. Donald Trump woke up a lot of people to just how much lies were being told. And I think a lot of people right now who are in this space that can look at media and be like, this is complete garbage and this is complete phony narrative. That's because of Donald Trump, whether they realize it or not, they would never have thought twice to question what they were being fed. And then as far as that AI thing goes, I I don't remember, I re- was listening to this interview, I can't remember who it was with, but this guy made this great point. This AI thing is an arms race, right? Like all these companies, it, it needs to be done, but it's bankrupting them. NVIDIA, like their, their price to earnings or yeah, their, their price, their share price to earnings is so far out of whack. They would need something like 
like 100% of the GPU market. And then they would need to grow by like 10% every year for the next 10 years to come even close to making that a reality, like making it a functional price to say, uh, price to earnings. Okay. Google's bankrupting themselves. Chat GPT is losing money hand over fist, but it's like these companies are being forced to do it because if, if they're not the first, they're gone, they're going to be wiped out. And the only reason that they these senators, again, bipartisan, want to come together to protect AI is not for us. It, it's so that they can use AI, so they can keep AI going. They can they can bankroll whatever company is going to be the one that comes up with the AI. And Dan be all the people who are using open source and 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 decentralized AI systems, which you can do. NVIDIA has plenty of programs you can use. Um, the Raspberry Pi Foundation is doing stuff, all kinds of these these smaller AI projects that you and a couple of friends can get together and do are available. But the big companies don't want that. But the big companies also don't want to have to keep pouring all this money in because they're going to go bankrupt. So I, th I think that's a lot of the reason why you had that letter from Elon Musk and all those guys saying, oh, we got to stop AI development. It was stop everybody else while we keep doing it in the background. We don't have to burn so much money to stay relevant. I just want to bring that up because I was thinking. Assuming about a regulation, the, the, you know, our government is going to pass some type of regulation, you know, to 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 curtail those developments. However, if they can, just because it'll happen. If it don't happen here, it'll happen in in some village in Africa somewhere. They're going to come up with some type of algorithm to do something. And so, like, can AI eventually turn into like literally like a, a beast that's uncontrollable to where? You know, if it self learns and all that stuff like that, it becomes bigger than because it's you know it's basically connected to the internet in real time, so it can basically black, black us all out or create some type of false narrative that disrupts the world. So, is will it be a problem? Will it be used more for evil than good? <laughs> well, I always say technology is is benign. It's, it's no, it's mm -hmm. not evil. It's not, it's not good. But we're already past the state whether tech. Uh, AI or natural language uh, software can affect the real world. There's an article or a story a couple of weeks back where, um, and I think it was ChatGPT, uh, was assigned a task that they that it physically couldn't do. But what mm -hmm. it did was it hired somebody on TaskRabbit to do it for them. So this is a chat gpt bot getting a human being to do his bidding in 2023 <laughs> like 2026 like oh <laughs> yeah dude, I, and they just created an artificial human embryo so to speak yeah. that was in the news today really so yeah yeah you can look that up that we're living in Things are going so fast. It, it's 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 mind blowing. Like things are just happening. Like things that are fundamentally changing or will fundamentally change X is happening almost daily. It's like you can't keep up with this stuff. Yeah, it feels yeah. like we're hurtling towards an abyss. I don't think that. I don't think technology in and of itself can be evil or good. Like you were saying, Andre, it's, 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 it's tool, but I, that's also the thing. Like we AI. Okay. It's, it's the first time that technology can go out and create on its own. 
So at what mm -hmm. point and when will it be argued that it's sentient? And not to get all biblical and all that, but, you know, like in, in Revelations, it says that the end times will be like in the days of Noah. And in the days of Noah, there were a bunch of freaking weird half-breed monsters running about. And, you know, God had to flood the earth. So it seems to me like we're getting to that point where it's like the line between man and machine are being blurred. The transhumanist movement, AI, the synthetic embryos, the, the chimeras that they're doing, like the viruses, all of this stuff is just, it's, it's accelerating at an accelerating rate. And I think it's already a runaway train. And at this point, I do think it's evil. It's absolutely evil. And the people who choose to use it to control people can only have evil intent. Like, I don't think, because you got to look at like Yuval Noah Harari at the World Economic Forum. He's mm -hmm. a big transhumanist. Even Elon Musk. These people have said, God does not exist because we have not created him yet. That that's a that's a red flag. That's a real red flag when these are the main people that are involved in this space that think they're going to create some sort of God. So my question to myself and to anybody who wants to ponder this is what is going to happen first? Is AI going to be declared sentient or are the aliens going to be declared to have arrived? Because those are the two those are the two verticals we're working in right now. We have all this alien disclosure bullcrap going on. We have all this AI bullcrap going on. It's a race to see at what point can we humanity to coalesce around one of these ideas and enslave all of us? Because that's the end result. There's no way around that. AI or aliens, it's enslavement. So here's that Yorari uh, interview that you're referring to where he mentioned that he, he, he foresees AI eventually creating the ultimate form of religion. And then it says here, writing, their, uh, writing a new Bible that encompasses all religions and makes it and help and, and it will make sense for humanity. Like it'll, it'll actually make sense. They're basically trying to discredit all the other religions. And so I'm like, yeah. So is he predicting this or is he already in on, you know, what they're that's, trying to accomplish with the CERN program and the dark matter and all that stuff like that? Will they end up point. putting the AI using the, the, the dark forces at B with AI inside of a robotic type of skin, synthetically made, that will be plugged into the internet in real time, able to do signs and wonders through illusion with the blue beam project in space and, you know, like creating the ultimate antichrist type of figure, but it's man-made or not man-made, but man helps push it along the way. You know what I'm saying? So this is where, this is the scary stuff that spooks it out of me a little bit, but you know, biblically speaking, it's told. This is where you get uh, the Unabomber part two, right? But if, if anybody was silly enough to read like myself, read that manifesto yeah uh, it's it's amazing how much sense that crazy man made i mean everything made sense up until the part where he said well you know i need to go kill these people like everything like it's literally you reading it's like yeah that makes sense he talked about like political and social stuff it was stuff about black americans in there transgenderism you know, everything seemed to make sense until that sentence, all right, got to kill people. <laughs> and what didn't make sense after that sentence, well, so it's two things, really. Well, two blaring things that didn't make sense mm -hmm. was, okay, we stopped technology. Like, oh, that yeah. was his goal. We need to stop technology. But he admits that after you stop technology, it's going to creep back up. And in about 200 years, you have to do it again. Mm -hmm. So 
what's the point? <laughs> like, yeah. What's the point of like going around? And how, how would you stop technology after- anyway? Like, like yeah, so, to turn like, the lights the out? Of, like, yeah. Huh? Like, what's the point of doing all this stuff? So this leads me back to Revelations. I'm not a religious guy, but I've read the Bible a billion times. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in the church. But what you said about Revelations, right? And how you link that back to Noah mm-hmm. and those times. And you had that flood, but now the next flood will be fire and brimstone. Mm-hmm. You can kind of tie that in with with technology like you know back with noah's day there must have there may have been a different type of technology that got humans to the point where god was like hey we need to start this over and then now we have a different form of technology where we're basically about to create ourselves, a better form of ourselves. i don't think these people are trying to create god i think these people are trying to become god with servants under them servants being pure human servants because that are irrelevant like they have no there's no need for them there's no they can't do labor any better all artificial beings will will be able to do anything a human could do a hundred times better so human beings will be irrelevant uh and you'll be able to control them with you know money and then mm-hmm. the artificial intelligence, you just be able to control them through programming. And I heard something very interesting today. If you can mm-hmm. create uh, humans without a woman. Watch out. <laughs> watch out, man. <laughs> They're already taking over track and field with dudes. <laughs> so what, what I've noticed. Bikinis, you know, taking over those spaces. If, if there's no need for for a human to carry a baby mm-hmm. and that's what they're working towards man like I, i've seen so much of that crazy stuff where it it, it 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 makes what i've gathered is majority of these people who are coming up with this technology they're they're wanting to live forever they don't want to die as if they're afraid of death like and a good portion of these people funding these things they have their means and resources to do so. And so they're actually trying to put all their resources to try to cheat death in a sense. And they actually got people out here thinking that they're going to find some type of something in your DNA that's going to, you know, they can turn on and turn off that would allow you to live longer, cure disease and stuff like that. It's like, even, even with that, like, you know, play, that's the way of form of playing God in and of itself. It's spooky. And I think before it's actually accomplished, before they actually get to that point where they can do it, that's when we'll, you know, we'll have an awakening moment where the Lord will hopefully return so that, uh, you know, they're able, not able to get, get dumped that type of crazy stuff. Yeah, but yeah. There was an article written years ago about this subject. They, they, mm-hmm. scientists have figured out exactly why the human body dies, meaning mm-hmm. if bearing diseases, car accidents, you're totally healthy. At some point you die. Why? Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have diabetes, cancer, whatever, like you just 110 years old, otherwise healthy, and then you just stop living. Why mm-hmm. is that? And they, may, they they figured out how, I mean, the why. So it's just a process of re-engineering. And mm-hmm. the main reason, if not the reason, was the, the dehydration of your cells. So if they can keep mm-hmm. your cells hydrated, there's no necessity for you to die. I'm paraphrasing you know, mm-hmm. heady stuff, but that was yeah. what I took away from. Interesting. What were you saying, to, uh, Tom? 
my thing is, yeah, it's definitely they're 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 aiming for life extension. Um, again, going back to this same group of transhumanists, um, it, it's it's either live forever or upload your consciousness into cyberspace and live forever that way. What's that movie where like when like your body dies, they put the chip in the back of the head, Elysium or whatever but yeah and i think that's kind of what they're going is like these human skin suits where they can't transfer consciousness back and forth between them and that is completely psychotic and insane and i don't want any part of that personally and there was something else that i was going to bring up with this that i can't remember now uh live forever i i lost it i lost it (laughs) um you know, this is this is far, this is far, 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 far left field. But um, <laughs> like the ability, the, their attempt to try to transfer the human soul or you know consciousness to another form or whatever. There's so many things out here, but there's some things that let me. I'm trying to bring it up on the screen here, but there's something about. Let me grab it here. It's something about uh, like a lot of the. Let me grab it, man. So here, here's something here that came to mind. Oh, real um, quick, while you're getting that, I remember I was going to say. It's also very strange that we're living right now basically under the rule of these people. Like, okay, so we got Soros, Schwab, uh, Nancy, like all these octogenarians, these 80-year-olds, okay, like Mm -hmm. these megalomaniacs. They're all from the World War II era. Mm -hmm. Uh, Klaus Schwab and George Soros were involved in that whole little kerfuffle. We have Operation Paperclip. The, the Yahtzees were very involved in this weird, like, occult bullcrap. I wonder how much of what we're living through right now is the direct result of Operation Paperclip, the, the influence that that brought to America, the people that are here now running everything, still in charge, Mitch McConnell, mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi, all of these people are so freaking old, and they're so tied into this system, it seems like it, it, it's like these people never get sick. They never die. They live forever. And I wonder how much of what we're going through right now is directly related to that Yahtzee World War II link to now. Uh, definitely. It's, they're coming from the same club with the same school of thought. And so, like, you know, you look at those institutions like the Skull and Bones and all those, you know, the Masons and all that, all those organizations that they have a playbook that they're working according to. So, if you do what you're told, you'll be rewarded in this life, riches and everything in between. But, you know, if you say you're so, you know, we know the ultimate ending for people who do such. But here's a picture that was amongst many to circulate. And, of course, it's all just as far, far left field, conspiracy terrorists, conspiratorial type of stuff, whatever. But something about the eye and how I've seen people talk about how they're able to somehow, some way through, a, through, through your eye portals, do some things where they take your memories, put it into a, a different type of corpse by i mean i'll leave it at that but this is some spooky stuff that i be into sometimes <laughs> to just make you think because i know what their agenda is it's, it's satan himself trying to orchestrate and create human his own foot stooges so anyway man but that's just something that i'd be going down rabbit holes sometimes with <laughs> it's entertaining man because it's, it's pure evil pure evil uh what else we miss anything about the hour point man i know you guys got things to do uh, but no, we went everywhere today, so I just enjoyed being able to, you know, just ramble. Whatever comes to mind, we go there, man. So it's always good to do this during the hangout. So uh, what else you guys keep an eye on? Anything coming up worthwhile mentioning that we'll probably jump on next week if we can? Same old, same old, man. Just 
just watching the country fall apart. I, I'm I'm trying to develop this theory that like just like when Caesar was assassinated and that was the end of the Roman Republic and then they went to the empire, we are at the mm-hmm. same exact point. Biden is the first emperor of this country, and I think mm-hmm. time will prove that to be true. Hey, hey, before we go, I was mm-hmm. I, for the first time I've been meaning to watch this movie ever since it came out. V for What's Vendetta. That? Oh, it's great. V for uh-huh. Vendetta. Oh my God. I was like, this is Joe Biden. You got if you haven't seen it or if you've seen it before, you gotta go watch that movie, man. You it's a must. You gotta go watch it. That's my advice for this week. As far as uh what's on the radar. Mm-hmm. Listen for anyone when it comes to technology and moving forward, uh-huh. right? Listen to hear anyone connect individual rights and liberties with technology or any political policy because you never hear it. And I think that when you do hear it, that's the candidate you're looking to, to follow mm-hmm. or that's the the person molding that technology, that's someone you would want to support. Because every time you hear technology, it's all about community. This would be great for the community. Uh, It's never about the individual. And we are a constitutional republic that, first and foremost, we stand on individual rights and freedom. And there's a lot of doom and gloom out there, especially on my part, but getting away for a while was really great. So I decided to... Do something positive, at least for myself. I want to share it with the uh, the family here. If anyone has an Instagram account, mm-hmm. I just set up a new one, and it's called Liquid Frequencies. I love mm-hmm. beverages, and I love audio. So I'm putting them together, and I'll just share, like, today's beverage or today's song on there instead of it always being about, you know, this politician ain't shit. Or this policy is screwing us over. Hey, man, just stop by and say, that looks like a nice cup of coffee or that's a nice bourbon you got going on there or I love those speakers or I love that song. You know, something to brighten up your day, maybe. Now, also, I'm looking for liquid frequency and somebody else pops up. Frequencies, okay. Liquid frequencies. Great, okay, I see that. Okay, let me see. I got you right here. This you? That's me. Simple that stuff. Liquid frequencies. Good deal. Yep. So you got your, your beverages here. here. <laughs> you play, you play? Oh, no, I ain't you. Nah, that's <laughs> Najee. I went to stay in the concert. <laughs> I own the saxophone, though. Another story. Another uh-huh. interesting story. In London, sorry to make this all about me, guys. It's all in good, London, man. I'm at a bar, and I had, this guy comes in with, with a saxophone case, and he uh-huh. sits next to us. And we was just talking, and man, I can't remember his name right now, but um, he's a famous saxophone player, jazz saxophone player, young guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but he's in that range of, like, he's in that realm of the Kenny G type of jazz and whatnot. And so we got to talking, and I was, and I said, I saw Najee, and he really inspired me as a kid uh, to to learn how to play the soprano sax, which I never did, but. I managed to go out and buy a soprano sax <laughs> that I still own. <laughs> they laughed about that. And I was like, yeah, when I was in Japan, I got it, man. That thing is 52 years old. And he said, dude, I'll buy it from you. Mm-hmm. 
vacation. <laughs> I'm on oh, vacation. I don't have to leave, right? So uh-huh. he's coming to San Francisco uh, to play. I didn't get that. Could you try again? <laughs> Don't want to listen to your conversation. <laughs> Freaking AI. Yeah. But yeah, he, he told me to bring the saxophone to the concert. You go play it uh, at the concert. I was like, oh, man, that's crazy. So needless to say, I had a good two-week vacation. That's good, man. <laughs> Uh well yeah so we keep continue plugging away man lots of things gonna be thrown our way try to stay sane be grateful for what you got and just enjoy the moment man like we're living in the greatest point in human history I think and so things are gonna unfold one way or the other how we how we frame our mind around the things that take place around us will determine a lot as to how we're able to get through all these concerning times so yeah man I'm 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 in a, I'm in the word more than I ever have been just because I need to build my faith up man because I think we're gonna need it <laughs> we gonna need it for sure. Um, what else? Other than that, man, it was great as always connecting with you guys, man. What'd you say? I say you definitely should not be bored. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's more than enough stuff out here to be a part of. So, all right, gentlemen, you guys hang on uh, for you guys. Uh, appreciate you hanging out with us. Hit that thumbs up button on the way out. we got the coming conflict in the middle and the broke capitalist links in the description. Go check out those guys. And then also I think Mr. Dre is going to be joining us as well on the channel to help produce some content and share his thoughts on the culture. That's definitely going to be something uh, I'm looking forward to find out more about. So other than that, people, be blessed, be safe. I'll see you guys later. Shalom.